Welcome to the Three and D Pod with my boy Wizzy Wayne on the other side of the screen. What's up, dude? I know this is uh, past your your. Uh, this is like right when you wake up, right? Ten fifty-two. So I'm really yeah. Prime time right now. Yeah, this is me in my prime right now. I got the juices flowing. My head, you know, it's got all the knowledge right now. I'm feeling really good. So Do you let's get it. Oh, the bed, super late, man. But is that like a usual thing? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not this late. So you go to bed, to bed you go to bed fairly like at a moderate time and then you wake up super late or not super late, but maybe around like nine thirty, ten. Yeah. Yeah. You know what time but I this, woke up today? Let me guess. You woke up at like seven thirty. That's actually right on the dot because because uh, my boy Crosby. I knew it. I knew he was up. He was like, Hey dad, it's about that time, bro. He is the alarm clock. Yeah. Don't get too comfortable, Dad. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> you already know. It's time for you to feed me, change me, uh, what, whatever you need to do. Like, you are at my disposal. That's what that's mm-hmm. what Yeah. Uh, well, thank Come you guys here. for joining us. This is, uh, this is our first video podcast. We're looking at going on YouTube. Uh, and also, because I, I don't know, there's some weird fascination, Wayne, with people actually watching people do podcasts through video. And I say it's weird, but like I am wanting to do it as well for the podcast that I watch. Like I, I would rather like see them talk than just hear them. I don't know what's the fascination, but apparently people want to see your face. So uh, hopefully our hey. fans are just as pleasing. But uh, you guys can also find us on Twitter at 3ND underscore POD pod at 3ND pod. Also, don't forget... If you are on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us that little five-star rating or uh, drop a review for us. That really helps us out. So even if you don't like us, just go ahead and give us five stars anyways. It'll help us out and, you know, leave us a nice comment. I don't know. Gang, gang. Uh, Wayne, since yes, July sir. 29th, zero positive COVID-19 tests have come back for all 364 players. Oh, yeah. Which means what is working. Yes. Now I just wish other sports could get that get that thing lined up. It's not gonna and happen. Figure it out. It's not gonna happen. Because NBA NBA was like, hey, look, we don't got we don't found a secret formula, the Krabby Patty formula. Y'all gotta y'all gotta get on the wave. There's no way you can make a bubble happen for a whole entire season, especially with we talked about this last week, especially for the NFL or even the MLB. Like I just Yeah. I don't think there's a way to do it. But it's crazy. Uh, it really worked in favor for the NBA because they were just wrapping up their season and they and they said, hey, there's there's got to be a way we can kind of wrap this up now. And so this bubble format is working pretty well. It it almost reminds me of like uh, like March Madness right now because there's games all day. And it's mm-hmm. like every game it feels like is a good game because there's not, you know, super bad teams in there. And so it's yeah. like, there's always some sort of primetime game and it could be at like 1 o'clock and you're like, I have other things I need to do. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I want to watch this, but there's there's other things that have to happen. But um, what we're gonna do today is pretty quite simply just two things. We're gonna give our what's the status, so that's just giving our best and our worst stat line of the week. And then secondly, we decided to give one word or one phrase that best sums up uh, each team in the bubble right now, from the east to the west, all 22 teams. Um, so 
I think it's going to be fun. We're going to give it a go and and, uh, and and see what comes up today. But let's start, Wayne, with what's the status. So uh, let's start with the – do you want to go best or worst? Like do you want the good news or the bad news first? I'm always a fan of getting the good news first. Make me feel good before you drop the, the hammer on me and be like, right. and by the way. so let, Well, let me give you some good news. Uh, I feel like, for me, the best stat line of the week came from uh, Yusuf Nurkic, uh, the center on the Portland Trailblazers, who is, I mean, honestly, just balling out right now. Pretty much obliterated his leg last season, took him out uh, for the remainder of the season right before they hit the playoffs and kind of ruined their chances last year, and then has just now come back uh, reentering the bubble. And he looks great. Like, you wouldn't ever guess, like, he's – you know, hobbled or coming off of an injury. Like, he looks bouncy. He looks in shape. And mm-hmm. uh, his first game back, not, not the uh, scrimmage games, but the actual regular season games here, he had 18 points, nine rebounds, five assists, two steals, and six blocks. Uh, so, Yo. you know, usually when we do the best of the week, it's usually like who has the most points, and that one usually eclipses everybody else. But, you know, he only had 18 points, but – I think the most impressive thing is just the all-around level play throughout his mm-hmm. whole stat line. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and 6 blocks. Like That's impressive for your first real, real game back to action, and it's really working for the Blazers right now. So that's Yeah, that was a good one. I didn't even realize. I didn't even peep that. He's, he's Shout out to you. Good. He's looking Shout good. Shout out to Hey, man. Nurk. Back and you balling. All right. For me – my best stat line of the week is going to none other than Michael Porter Jr. Mm. in the game against none other, none other than my Spurs. Shout out, yes. shout out Spurs. What, Catch so, an L. Which one are you talking? Are you talking about the the thirty-seven point game or the thirty-point game? Thirty was that against the Spurs? I'm not sure which one, but I all I know is he's been balling out for sure. He hasn't balling out. Um, so in this game, 36 minutes. Okay, he played 36 minutes. And I really pulled up three main things. I pulled up his points. He had 30 points. And I was like, oh, okay, we're making some noise. 11 of 19 from the field. So he's efficient. Right. 15 rebounds. Man was just snatching up rebounds left and right. Said, give me that at the Carmelo Anthony. Uh, what was it? What did he say? Uh, it's mine. Get out of here. Like, he's just out here just snatching them from his teammates. Like, I don't care. I'm the rebound master today. So, nice little double-double for him. They found gold in him. The Nuggets did. They really did, bro. You remember he got drafted, and he was, like, a top one, you know, the the number one recruit coming out of high school, and then he got injured in college. And uh, the Nuggets still took a chance on him, especially with having a back injury. Like, those are the ones you usually don't want to mess around with. But they still took a chance on him. And he looks like he looks like a second option right now, you know, behind Jokic. You know, you remember they have Jamal Murray, who really should be the second option. But right now, he looks real good. I saw some stat, too, that was like, you know, this is the most points and rebounds from a rookie or something since uh, Blake Griffin, when Blake Griffin was really balling out. So uh, MPJ is really making a, a name for himself. That's not a bad pick. Yes, sir. Shout out to you, MPJ. Let me give Keep you some up. bad news. 
Oh, bad, no. bad news from a, a bad team. I wouldn't necessarily consider this guy a bad player, uh, but he he had a bad night. Uh, it mm-hmm. was Bogdanovich from the Kings, a, a young player. Uh, the Kings aren't doing so great right now. The stat line in itself is three points, three rebounds, two assists. But, you know, you could have that, and it could be like a role player who, you know, played 10 minutes. So it's like, okay, it's understandable. But <clears> – <throat> This guy, he's he's a prominent player on a king that's fighting to get in. And in this mm-hmm. particular game, he uh, shot one for 15. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, I, I actually calculated that right before we got on, and it's uh, he shot 6% from the field. I think that's the right math. But, yeah, uh, somebody can check me on that. But 6%, that is not uh, pretty, especially for a team that, uh, is doing their best to get in right now. So, yeah, when I saw that, I, I had to I du- double-take real quick, double-take. And uh, yeah. it was right. Dang. Shut up, Bogdanovich, bro. Don't worry. You'll get it back, man. Don't worry about it. You're young. You're young. You're young. <clears throat> Don't worry about it, sweetheart. We can just blame just it on splat. the player. Don't blame it on the player. Blame it on the Kings, honestly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. All right, so mine, uh, I'm going to give you I'm gonna give you the good-ish news. From this guy, and then I'm gonna drop the the hammer, hammer. Come on. Okay. So my stat line for the worst is Lonzo Ball. Yes. Let that sink in for a second. Lonzo Ball. Okay. Now, in this game, he had seven assists, and he has six rebounds. Okay. You're thinking, oh, stat sheet stuffer. He might be onto something. Psych, you're wrong. Um, in 27 minutes on the court. Lonzo Ball dropped four points. Mm. He shot two, two for 13. Wow. I'm yeah, going to let that breathe. Right he's there. been struggling to find a shot uh, for, for some time now, ever since they arrived at the bubble. But, you know, he's one of those guys, too, like we knock him for his shot, which can be on or it can be off. But I think he is one of those players that, like, other players love to play with him because no matter how he's shooting, like he's looking to find people all the time. Like you mentioned, like yeah. he'll have, you know, seven assists and six rebounds. Like he's still looking to find people and contribute in other ways. So I think his biggest thing is, you know, if he's really got to hone his three point shooting, because if it's not that he's really not a guy who knows how to finish at the rim yet. Like he doesn't have that type of body frame to be able to do that. Even though he's like mm-hmm. six, five or six, six, uh, he just doesn't have that right now. So he's, you know, if the we'll get into the Pelicans later. But you know, if if he was, if he was shooting better, I feel like they would be doing a lot better right now. So yeah, that's definitely a yep. a, a gray mark on their team right now. All right, so that's the uh, what's the status? That's the best and worst of the week, and we're gonna get right into these teams. It's been a uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch a lot of these games, Wayne. They. Uh, it feels like a lot of games are going down to the wire. Like almost every game feels like a playoff game right now because I don't know if that's because there's really no home court advantage. Like they try to do these things that, you know, they'll put up Portland's, you know, banners and virtual fans all over the place and pumping crowd noise for them and stuff. But I think to the players, there's really no home court advantage. Like it's like every team (laughs) is themselves like, you know, virtual fans can only do so much, and throwing up the team's logos and stuff can only do so much. I mean, they even got the NBA logo right in the center of the court, so it's like it's an even playing field. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it's because of that or if it's because 
these teams are just hungry after being off for four months, but uh, they look good, and the, the the games have been going down to the wire. What have you thought of the game so far? Uh, I, like, I like the games, man. They're, like you said, going down to the wire, and I think that con- uh, what contributes to that is the fact that right now their main focus is, like, I just want to hoop. Like, there's no – like, the, you're in a bubble, you're with a bunch of your peers, and it's just straight-up basketball. Right. You don't have to worry about, like, you know – a bunch of media, a bunch of fans, and all that stuff. It's just like we get on the court, we hoop, we get off. That's it. Right. Um, so, and you know, all the stuff with like the social justice and all that stuff, they still talk about that. But I mean, other than that, like it's just straight up basketball. And I think that's why some of these games are a lot closer. And it, you can still get that energy from these games, even though we're not there and we, we can't be there. You can still get that energy because, like, the the level of play is now higher because now it's just I wake up eat breathe sleep basketball yeah so you gotta imagine at some point it's gonna wear off on the players a little bit because they gotta be here for a long time I mean this yeah. is this is not some you know two week stay this is a basically a three month stay to figure out who's gonna be crowned champion uh, mm-hmm. so you know it's exciting right now but I wonder if it's gonna get to the players at some point of you know even when the playoffs hit, usually there's a buzz around the stadium as opposed to the regular season. And, you know, it's going to feel pretty much the same as these, you know, eight regular season games have felt because mm-hmm. there's still no fans or anything. So I wonder if that's going to wear on the players at all or if it's uh, going to be something where they just kind of take it on the sleeve and say, you know what, we got to create our own energy right now and, and, and make this happen until we get to see our families again. Yeah. It does really feel like AAU basketball, though. I'm not going to lie to you. It does. Like, as someone, who's, as someone who's been to his fair share of AAU games, bro. Yeah, because your, these, your these brother uh, like uh, plays a lot of AAU ball, right? Yeah. And so, like, going to his games and then seeing this stuff, I'm like, bro. First off, this is right up LeBron's alley. I mean, his son's in AAU. Like, this is right up his alley. He's, he's at home. Yeah. But, yeah, it feels like grown man AAU. It's it's been a lot of fun. So let's get into it. Let's start. Um, let's start with the East win um, because I have a. I feel like there's a lot more storylines around the West, considering the whole play-in tournament with the you know the eight seed and you know if uh, ninth seeds within four games of the eight they get to do a play-in tournament. There's a lot of storylines there, so I want to save that uh, for a little bit. But let's hop into uh, the East. So basically, what we're doing here, y'all, is we are just giving one word or. Uh, maybe a phrase that kind of sums up how we feel about this team being in the bubble so far. Uh, so I'll start us out. Let's start with those amazing, amazing Washington Wizards. The uh, the bottom the bottom of the <laughs> for the uh, for the Eastern Conference. Uh, you know this uh, team, this team came in and they were. Uh, I don't think nobody gave them a real chance, but. You, you could have thought, you know, if Bradley Beal showed up that they might even that they might have like a fighter's chance of, of getting mm-hmm. in. But, you know, he opted out before he came here. And so uh, there is n- no Bradley Beal. There's no Davis Bertans who was having a career year for them. Uh, I know yeah. you know him from your, your Spurs days with when he was joining them. Uh, I want him back. Yeah, he looks good right now. Mm-hmm. He's, hey, he's a free agent this summer, so maybe he'll re-sign with the Spurs, but I doubt that. Maybe. Uh, but so my my word for the Wizards, who at this point in time today is 
what is today, August 6th? Yeah, August 6th, as of right now, they are 0-4, so obviously not off to a hot start. I don't give them any chance to compete for a playing tournament with either the Nets or the Magic. My word for them mm -hmm. is Cabo. Cabo. No, Cabo. Cabo. Okay. Uh, I thought you were about to hit me with Africa. As in, it's time for you to book your reservation. Uh, <laughs> out to Cabo. You know, uh, start packing your bags. Get your sunscreen. Get your family all ready to go because there's no chance uh, you're going to be continuing on here. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't have a ton to say about them. You know, I think their real promise is next year when. John Wall comes back and hopefully looks healthier than, you know, anybody anticipates. And when Bradley Beal is back in action too. So, uh, you know, I think these young guys like Rui, Rui Hachimura, who we've talked about, or uh, Thomas Bryant, the big down there, uh, mm -hmm. you know, it's about their development right now. But, you know, for as it pertains to this bubble scenario, my word is Cabo. Get your bags ready because uh, you're heading out. Go enjoy a nice uh, stay on the beach. Get you a nice little uh, margarita or uh, tequila sunrise. I don't know what you want. Uh, well, I'll take that, yeah. Come yeah, on. so uh, that's what I got for them. What do you have for them? My my word is along the same lines, um, but mine is just – it's just simple. It's just straight up. My word is packing because they got to pack up and get out. Like, there's no other way to put it. Like, leave. Yeah. I You're mean, not going to do anything. Our words can kind of play in with each other. The, the vacation yeah, like, is to Cabo, and you're talking about packing. So I think we're along the same lines here. They need to leave. There's, I mean, not to be rude, because I'm, you know, I, I don't hoop like that. I'm not like a hooper hooper, so I can't say that, you know. Oh, y'all suck, but y'all not doing too hot. So it might be time to just say, you know what, this season not for us. Why don't we just pack up our clothes and you know disinfect ourselves and leave because we ain't doing nothing here, bro. Just play with pride right. and do your best, and then get out of there. Enjoy yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Get on they, out. They probably should have joined, you know, those other eight teams that didn't come to the bubble uh, who were trying to yeah. get the secondary bubble, which I don't understand why that would ever happen or who would tune in for that with this going on. But I feel like the Wizards should have been there instead of here. But, uh, yeah, I don't think there's – I would have tuned in. You would have tuned in for that? I would have tuned in. I love – look, if Steph Curry is on the court, oh, I'm watching. Come. You know he wouldn't be playing in that. If Steph Curry, if he said, hey, I'm going to be there, I'm going to hoop with y'all, I'm tuning in, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. Shout out to well, Lovato. I guarantee you, by all accounts, he would not be tuning in or playing for something that means nothing. I guarantee you that. But I um, usually would have been like, mm -hmm, no, sir. <laughs> Let's move on to the Nets. Uh, the, the Brooklyn Nets, who are you know here without a lot of their players. Obviously, Kyrie and KD aren't here because of uh, both of their – Injuries and then Spencer Dinwiddie, Din, Din, Dinwiddie. How, how do you say that? Dinwiddie, Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie yeah. There you go. Uh, and Andre Jordan both tested positive for COVID and both opted out of you know coming, which I don't blame them for. I think Torian Prince also tested positive, so he's not there as well. So very limited team. Pretty much their only prominent players there are Karis LeVert, who we know is a bucket. Um, uh, who is who's the other guy? The the three point shooter. The uh, gosh, what, Joe Harris. Joe Harris. How can I? Oh yeah, yeah. The guy who won the three point contest a couple years ago, um, or was that this year? Who won the three point contest this past year? Um, that, Buddy Hield. Oh yeah, was it Buddy? Or was it? I don't know. Yeah, it was Buddy. It came down to the wire. But it wasn't it was Buddy Joe Hield. Harris. I think he was the year before. 
Yeah, that was you before. And then Jared Allen is there as well, their, their uh, Afro man center. So uh, they – You know, their their record here hasn't been horrible yet. And, uh, you know, they beat the, the Bucks, which I don't think anybody expected that. Their record here is uh, two wins and one loss. Um, you know, Wayne, my phrase for them is just basketball. And there's a reason okay. I'm saying that. It's because these young guys, especially <clears throat> Harris Levert, Joe Harris – uh, Jared Allen, all these guys, they don't really know their future when it comes to next year when Katie and Kyrie come back. They could be used as trade chips or not get as many minutes. And, you know, they're not really having to deal with, you know, Kyrie and Katie both bring their own kind of drama to any team, I feel like. You know, they're hoopers mm-hmm. and they're amazing, but they also bring baggage too. So for these, for this team and for these players, you know, I'm just saying, hey, just basketball. You don't got to worry about anything else right now. Enjoy it. You don't got to worry about KD, Kyrie, Kyrie coming in with his, uh, you know, philosophical statements or methodical, you know, takes on the world, and then uh, KD being emotional about stuff on Twitter. You don't got to worry about any of that right now. You just got to play basketball. So you know what? I'm happy for these guys, and they got Jamal Crawford who. Played a couple minutes and then he got injured in his first game back. But apparently it's not too serious. So I'm hoping we see some more Jamal Crawford action at the age of yes. 40 or 41. I don't even know how old he is now, but he, you know, he still looks like a hooper by all accounts. So for for the Brooklyn Nets, I just have just basketball. Yeah, I need to see more Mr. Chicken Raps, Mr. Chicken Raps himself, aka Jamal Crawford. <clears throat> anyway, um, my word for Raps. the Nets. Chicken wraps, because he always does that wrap around the back move. Oh, okay, yeah. I see. I didn't so know that I was called a chicken wrap. I, it's, it's not. It's just I call it chicken wraps. <laughs> so this has been created by you. Yeah, I think so. I don't think I've heard that anywhere else. Let's I hope not. Copyright. Patent it. Right yeah. now. Um, uh, what was, oh, yeah. The Nets. My word for the Nets is not now. Okay. They're not going to do anything right now. There's too many people missing, uh, too many too many things up in the air for the Nets right now. So I, my words for them are just, look, y'all can go out there, like what you were saying, just go out there, hoop, you don't have to worry about anything. But just know, y'all ain't going to make no noise this year. Because, I mean, round one, y'all could get bounced by, like, the Raptors or something. So I just, it, could, it is what it is. Right. So my words for them are just not now. It's not your time right now. Go out there and have fun, but just know you ain't going to do nothing. Right. Sorry. Yeah, I think yeah. Right now, you're right. I think they would play uh, the Raptors. I think they're I think they're, they're seventh. Are they seventh right now? Yes, and then the Raptors are two. Okay. Yeah. Second. So yeah. I mean, hey, maybe it might work out if they took uh, the eighth spot because they beat the Bucks. So you never know. Hey, so maybe they should like take just a little bit on purpose and then just be like, all right, and now turn it up. You know what's funny about that game is neither Joe Harris. Karis LeVert or Jared Allen, none of them were even playing in that game, and they still beat the Bucks. Wow. And Giannis was playing it. I don't think Brooke Lopez was in that game, but still, the Bucks should have beat them. But it was, you know, I'm not going to take that game too seriously. It was a 1 o'clock game after, I think they played the night before. I don't know. But uh, let's keep moving on. The Orlando right. Magic. The Orlando Magic are a uh, – after last night they lost to the Raptors. They're sitting at 2-2 two and two right now in the bubble. Um, my word for them, Wayne, is tears. (laughs) 
it, it comes from an injury that happened a couple days ago. Um, Jonathan Isaac, who is a second or third year player for them, looks who looked really good coming back, and he was yeah coming back from injury. You know that was lingering from before they came back, and he gave it a go, and he ended up on the same knee. He had a knee sprain, and on that same knee, uh, he ended up tearing his ACL, and so that's just really disappointing for a young player like him who, you know, for the Magic, they don't have a lot of young guys who, to me, have a whole lot of promise, you know, like, at this point, I'm kind of ready to give up on Aaron Gordon as, uh, as like, a legitimate basketball player on a competing team, like, I'm not talking about mm-hmm. dunking ability, just like him as a player, he's just super inconsistent, and I think for the Magic, this offseason was going to be a chance for them to maybe shop around for Aaron Gordon, and go, you know, does he want to go to the Blazers or the Warriors, and can we find a trade for him? Because I, Jonathan Isaac and, uh, what do you call it, Aaron Gordon, they were kind of switching their positions around because they both kind of fit in that power forward mold, but they were trying to play them at the same time, so their positions were uh, shifted around to, you know, not fitting who they really were. So I wonder if with Jonathan Isaac being down that, that the Magic don't pull the trigger right away on trading uh, Aaron Gordon – uh, this off season, but yeah, I, I don't know. They've been playing decently even without Jonathan Isaac, but you know they're going to get bounced in the first round. There's no doubt about that to me. And uh, you know, right now they're in the eighth spot. They would end up facing the Bucks. Uh, to me, that's an easy bounce. But I say tears because to me, it's like that was really disappointing seeing a guy come back. Especially uh, Jonathan Isaac's really. Uh, great dude from from what I hear and from all his teammates as well. So uh, kind of disappointing for that team, but that that's what I got for them. Yeah, shout out to the homie Jonathan. I mean, just from like hearing him speak and stuff, he seems like he's well respected. So I hope he you know gets over this and is ready for next season. Hey, I hate seeing injuries like that, man. It's just ah, it just makes me feel weird. All right, especially, anyway, especially especially the young players. Yeah, like that. He don't deserve that, bro. Let him go out there and hoop. Like when when that first um, happened, when Kristaps uh, was in New York and he ended up, I think, tearing his ACL or something like that. Uh, like that really disappointed me, and I mm-hmm. felt like it was kind of a huge setback on his career that was just trending upward. So hopefully, uh, you know, Jonathan Isaac, I think is twenty three or something. Hopefully, he's young enough to just bounce back and be better than ever. So, best of luck to him. Yeah. Um, so my word for the magic, uh, it wasn't anything too special. Uh, I just put solid because right now they, they look, they look pretty solid right now. I, I don't expect them to make any noise or do anything, you know, kind of like these lower tier teams. Like I don't expect them to do much, but I guess you can, they can kind of use this time to just continue to gain like chemistry and get used to playing together and stuff like that. After being gone for so long, they can just come back and just, you know, just hoop. I just play basketball. Right. Um, so like, I just put solid because right now they seem pretty solid. They seem like they're just getting together, getting to um, just play well together. So, I mean, the shot with the, the shots at Jonathan Isaac, that's going to hurt. But all in all, they don't, they don't look terrible, but they don't look like, you know, contender contenders. But right. it just looks solid. This team has been together for a couple of years now uh, with like DJ Augustine, Terrence Ross, Come coming off the bench. He uh, Ross, Vucevic, that's the dude holding down the paint. Aaron Gordon, Mo Bamba, uh, like the team's been together for a while, but I think at some point they're ready to kind of 
make some sort of big move in the offseason and say, you know what, this this isn't really work. You know, you could be a solid team, but if you're only a solid team and you never trend upwards to a great team, it's probably time to do mm-hmm. something. So, um, yep. but, but you're right. I agree with you. They, they do look pretty solid, solid right now, given the circumstances with injuries and stuff too. And they didn't really have to move far, uh, being that they're in Orlando already. So that's good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixers. I put Twin Towers. Because, to me, the pairing of Al Horford and Joel Embiid is really nasty and, like, interesting in a bad way. Mm-hmm. They play them on the floor a lot, and I'm really not sure why. I think they I think they think because, you know, Joel Embiid and Al Horford can both stretch themselves out to the three occasionally that they can somehow space the floor. But the spacing for that team is so bad right now. And... um I think I just think that's something they got to address this offseason. If they need to find uh, some sort of trade package for Horford, uh, because why did you ever sign him this offseason? I don't. I don't understand it. It was like a four-year, a three-year, hundred million dollar contract, and I don't understand why you're doing that with uh, Embiid. So it it looks really off, and I, I, quite frankly, I don't understand it. But so far, they've gone two two and one in the bubble, and uh, Joel Embiid looks really good. I mean. To me, the, the easiest solution is just get the ball down to Joel Embiid and let him work because, you know, with with them being such a, a team that is so big, you know, you got Tobias Harris, who's about 6'7", Josh Richardson, Al Horford, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. I mean, this team is huge. But mm-hmm. the spacing on the floor, it's, just, it's confusing because it's like you want Ben Simmons to get – into the lane and be able to kick out to shooters, but you don't really have shooters. Like, you maybe have Tobias Harris occasionally, and we've talked about uh, Furkan, Korkmaz. Uh, he, he can shoot the ball pretty well, but, like, they're not utilizing uh, those guys. Shake Milton has stepped into the point guard role. He's looked decent as well. But, um, you know, I think the best thing for the Sixers come playoff time is get the ball down to Joel Embiid. Hope he stays healthy. <laughs> And uh, the no little stupid lingering injuries happen, and and hope for the best. Okay, all right, I like it. Um, for me, my word, and listen to how I say this. Okay, my word is process. Ah, uh, yeah, cause it ain't working. Now check it out. They're two and one in the bubble. That's cool. To me, the 76ers are like. Uh, I wouldn't say, like, the most disappointing. I wouldn't say that. They're not the most disappointing team this season. But I feel like they could have done a whole lot better, given with the pieces that they had coming into the season. Like, the noise that they've been making, like, they've been on the up and up for so long, and I feel like they've kind of, like, like, they were doing this, and then they're, like, stuck. And they're about to go down if they don't change something. Right. So, like, the process, it worked. It got them back in the conversation of, oh, snap, these guys could contend for a title. But now it's like, okay, so do y'all need another process again? Like, do y'all got to do a different process this time? Or God, I hope what's not going on? That took way too long. I hope they don't have to do it. It took one. way, it took hopefully way they too long. Hopefully they just need to retool the process a little bit because that, that – just tweak it. You remember when the Sixers were bad, bad, right, when that Dude. process was happening? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, when they won a game, it was just like, oh, 
the 76ers, they won? It was, huh? it was a rarity. And you always yeah. hope it wasn't your team that they won against. Yeah. Like, if you look at the – you wake up the next morning, you're like, ah, they beat the Spurs by 10? They were trash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the um, – excuse me. <clears throat> I got to get some water. Hold on one sec. Yeah, I think the Sixers, you're right. The process is definitely broken. I think they just need to do some retooling. But you said something earlier. It's like, you know, I don't know if they're the most disappointing team in the league. I would say that they are this year. When you take it for expectation of like, look, there are certain teams that were really bad, but we kind of knew they were going to be bad. Yeah, the Sixers like you were like okay, let's try this out and see how it goes, and it's just been bad. So when I look at all the teams, um, you know, you could argue maybe the Pelicans were disappointing, but they had Zion out for a majority of the season, so I don't really think that's fair. Um, so I would say that they they really are the most disappointing team this year. Okay, uh, Pacers. The the, the Pacers. Pacers. Um, the Pacers. How about uh, 3-0 and in the bubble? Doing really mm-hmm. good. How about cash considerations? <laughs> Lay it uh, on. The Phoenix Suns traded away TJ Warren to the Indiana Pacers for cash considerations, and he has uh, been balling. I mean, balling. straight up balling. The dude has just been on another level. I think the first game back for them as far as the regular season starting again was I think he scored like 53 points or something like that made nine threes the dude and he never slowed down it was like 53 34 30 like he's been balling out I don't even know who Victor Oladipo is anymore I mean I think we have a new Oladipo in town honestly uh Mm -hmm. no I'm just kidding I don't want to get too far ahead of myself but (laughs) no keep guessing them up no, but my word is cash considerations because, you know, like what a what an awesome story for T.J. Warren to, you know, basically look at his career and go, man, I was traded for cash, but now he's balling out, doing his thing, probably been the best player in the bubble so far, honestly. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's just kind of a redemption story for him, and it, and it works for the Pacers too, considering that they lost a bonus for the season with the foot injury and then, uh, you know, they lost Jeremy Lamb earlier this year with a torn ACL. So it's good for them that they're at least getting some production from a guy that they probably didn't expect to be leading their team. And mark my words, Wayne, Monday, Uh-oh. this coming Monday, the Pacers Uh-oh. face the Heat. And yeah. That Jimmy versus TJ battle. So uh, the last game, the Heat, uh, I think they didn't play Jimmy because he had a lingering, you know, uh, what was it, a lingering ankle issue or something like that. But I hope he's going to play because I kind of want TJ to give him the work. Or I want mm-hmm. Jimmy to neutralize TJ. I don't know, but all I'm saying is Pacers, cash considerations, that's my word for them. Uh, they, they've looked good so far. All right. Okay. So my word for them is just simply Owen, Owen Wilson style. Wow. Okay. Because right now, <laughs> right now these dudes – they showed up and they said, "Look, you ain't finna just sleep on us, bro. We out here to do something. Make some, make y'all feel a little bit uncomfortable." And then, plus, like you mentioned, they got the big game: T.J. Warren versus Jimmy Butler. In my opinion, 
I'm a big Jimmy Butler fan, so I'm hoping he goes up there and he's like, hey, TJ Warren, remember that one time when I told you you were trash? You're still trash. Anyway, moving on. No, I'm ready for that one. He said he's not even in my league. That's what Jimmy Butler said. Yeah, you, you're not even not in, my, in league, my league, bro. And honestly, so, TJ Warren's in a league of his own right now, so yeah. he might be eating his words at this point. But you know what's interesting we don't see. about the Pacers, though? They are the only team with three guys named TJ. TJ Warren, TJ mm-hmm. McConnell, and TJ Leaf. That's that got to be the trio. Confusing. <laughs> That's got to be super confusing. No, hey, TJ. Look, yeah, what's good? They look good, yeah. though. I mean, Oladipo, you know, I haven't tuned into a bunch of Pacers game. I've, I've pretty much seen the highlights of the recaps. But, you know, Oladipo hasn't been bad, but I think he's – mainly been deferring to TJ because he knows that he's got it going on right now. So why stop yeah. him on him? And, you know, if you really want a bucket in the playoffs and, you know, uh, TJ Warren comes back to life a little bit, you know, you, you probably want to give it to Victor Oladipo in those clutch moments, even if he's having a bad game. So you'll, you at least know you got your go-to guy uh, there in the bubble with this Pacers team. How about the Miami Heat? We just mentioned them a little bit. Uh, they are 2-1 right now. I My phrase for them is bench yard dogs. Yeah. Bench yard dogs. Because I wanted to say junkyard dogs because they just got dudes uh, who are just scrappy. You know, they got uh, mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Andre Gudala, Jay Crowder. All those dudes can just get up into your grill and, 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 and make life tough for you. But I also said, you know what? They got a great bench unit, too. They yeah. got uh, Tyler Hero, the, the rookie, uh, putting up buckets. They got, um, obviously, Andre Iguodala's coming off the bench. Just guys who can make plays. Uh, Goran Dragic, I mean, he's looked incredible. I watched him the other day versus, uh, who was it? Gosh, who was it? He was, he was giving some uh, big on the other team the work. Like, every mm-hmm. time there would be a switch out on this guy, and I wish I could remember exactly who it was, but, man, he would just eat every time. It was like his eyes lit up any time a big switched out on him. So we forget Goran Dragic is a guy who got a hefty contract from uh, Miami and was sought it out pretty highly when he was trying to get out of Phoenix, too. So to have a guy like that coming off your bench really does a lot for you. So, you know, kind of combine the two terms, junkyard dogs and a great bench unit so bench yard dogs that's what i'm going for uh but they look they look really good and i just gotta say this about the heat this okay. guy this guy duncan robinson in the starting lineup duncan donuts this dude can shoot the lights out i mean he is i don't want to get ahead of myself but he is like clay thompson-esque this dude is coming off screens uh, okay he's running the whole entire game and if you look at a shot chart you know, he'll have 21 points or something or, or 25 points, and almost every shot is from the three, and it's efficient too. So, uh, you know, they got guys who have really just came from the bottom, and nobody expected them to come and be as great as they are. Like Duncan Robinson was from the G League. Uh, you got uh, Derek Jones Jr., who, you know, nobody really took a chance on, and he's really found his way with the Heat. Uh, Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler, a second-round pick. Uh Jay Crowder, I think, was a second-round pick. And Bam Adebayo, nobody expected him to be an all-star. So it's like this, bam, bam. this heat culture is really uh, 
bringing these guys up into uh, into a winning team, and you know, hopefully, it works for them in the playoffs. You know, I don't know if I trust all these guys as much in the playoffs, but right now, they they look really fun. Yeah. <clears throat> so my word that I put for them is feisty. Feisty. Yeah. And I think that's because <clears throat> they play like they got like a lot of flair and just like I guess like a combination of yeah, we can look cool while we're playing, like we look, you know, like we're having fun, but at the same time, we're gonna be the ones diving on the ground, getting loose balls. And it's like usually you just have one player who does stuff like that, like that the loose ball guy, like a Pat Bev or um I don't know who else, but like you know, you know what I'm talking about. Just like the gritty player you don't really rely on for scoring, but you rely on to get you the extra stuff. Like Marcus Smart, kind of. Um, but in this case, like the whole team, they got that mindset of just like, we got to go get it. We got to go get it. Got to go get it. Got to go get it. And so I think they're just a feisty team. You don't want to run into them when they're having a good day. You don't want to run into them when they're having a really good day. Even on a bad day, they might come in and like bring you some noise. So I just. They're just feisty, man. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to do too much, like you said, in the playoffs. But they're fun to watch, and they're gelling really well. And they just got that they got that third level of team feistiness that I love to see. So yeah. and that's my word. They're just tough to score on, too. <clears throat> One of those defensive teams that, like, you fear going up against because they just – they know how to lock guys up, and they got the defenders to do it. So, yeah, you're right. Like, even on a bad day, you don't want to face these guys because they're going to make up on it on the defensive end. Like, great defense leads to, you know, great <clears throat> offense. So, I think, you know, this this way of playing is really working for them. And you got to give Eric Spolstra a lot of credit because he's he's been that coach, uh, the Heat coach for quite a while now, quite a while yeah. now, even with those LeBron teams and D-Wade teams. Um, and then – to, for the front office to have the trust for him to really turn things around still, uh, you got to give him a lot of credit. So the bench yard dogs looking good. Mm-hmm. Celtics. Uh, for the Celtics, the I have uh, Swiss Army Knife. Because Ooh. I kind of feel like, you know, when you have a Swiss Army Knife, everything you pull out, you know, have, has a different purpose. But it's still powerful, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like yeah. they've got guys on their team who are just so dangerous – at any given moment. Like, you you never know when Gordon Hayward can go off. You never know mm-hmm. when uh, Jalen Brown can get hot. You never know when Jason Tatum's going to cross somebody up. You <laughs> never know if freaking Marcus Smart is going to go off for 10 threes. Like, he, yeah. he's, he's so inconsistent, but he's also, like, not afraid to shoot it. I mean, Kimball Walker, like, they have so many options. And, uh, you know, right now in the bubble, they're one and two. But it – I think the Celtics are, are dangerous because when you go up against them, it's like, okay, if Jason Tatum is shooting poorly, more than likely Gordon Hayward, Kimba Walker, or Jalen Brown are going to be having a good game. And so it's like mm-hmm. you always have a scoring option with them. Whereas, like, you know, with a Magic team, uh, you know, if you have one or two guys who can really score, there's not much outside of that. They have, like, five or six legitimate scoring options. Even when you go down to the bench – and you look at Ennis Cantor, he can get you a bucket down low pretty much any time he wants. And so, uh, yeah, I would say for this team, I, I chose the, the term Swiss Army Knife because I just feel like they have so many options when it comes to this team. Okay, that's a good one. I, would, I didn't even think of that. They do have a lot of options. That's, that's a good one. Um, my word, simple. Tatum. 
Jason freaking Tatum. Oh my goodness. Just watching him play. Number one, I believe, and I'm a firm believer in this, when Jason Tatum is off, the team feels that. And I like that because when he's on, the team feels that. And so whenever he's having a bad game and the, uh, the team knows that, you know, they kind of dip for a little bit. They're like, ah, dang, we've got to get Jason Tatum in. But then Jalen Brown will go in for a Tomahawk slam and just galvanize. Kimba Walker would do that patented step back and get the, get the team back in. Even freaking Daniel Tice, Tice, that you say his name? Yeah. Tice? Dude's got a little strap from mid-range. And I like it. They yeah. even run specific plays for him, like to shoot from the corner like LaMarcus. I'm like, dang, he can he can pull it if he needs to. So I just think when when Tatum is feeling himself, he can bring the, the, the energy to the whole team. I'm not saying nobody else can do that on that team. Like you mentioned, they have scoring options um, in the starting lineup, on the bench. Like they got it wherever they need it. But Tatum is like that centerpiece that kind of – and you can argue it's Tatum or it's uh, – uh, Jalen Brown, I believe it's Tatum. But hey, what, dude, a, whatever. what a great gift but, to have to even argue about that. Yeah, like when you have two options on the same team where you're like, no, it's Jalen Brown, no, it's Jason Tatum. And then you're like, but they're on the same team. So, like, it really doesn't matter. Like, right. Whenever one's struggling, the other one's shining. Whenever one's struggling, the other one's shining. Like, it's, it doesn't matter. But that's my word, Tatum. That dude is phenomenal. He's got the whole <clears throat> Kobe mindset. And I love it. Even when he's off, I'm just like, he's still going to go out there and shoot to try and get himself back on. So yeah. I got to love it. Yeah, his play, his play is super smooth too. I mean, he just looks like – kind of like Paul George as <laughs> like one of those smooth players who, you know, they never look like they're really in a rush or anything. They just go out there and play in stride with what how the game's flowing. Um, but you're yeah. right. Well, like when he's having – like they know that that's pretty much their guy right there. Like if, mm-hmm. he's, if he's having an off game – uh, but the beauty is that, again, you, you have those secondary options if he's kind of off. And, you yeah. know, I look at the Celtics like the Rockets of the Eastern Conference where they don't have, like, a legitimate big to really hold things down in the paint. I mean, they really do play small ball. You know, you could argue Daniel Tice or Robert Williams <clears throat> Cantor, but, like, like those are pretty much like they they don't have any like true seven foot like big guys to really hold down the paint. Uh, so I always thought those matchups between the Rockets and the Celtics were interesting because they're both, you know, a bunch of scoring options on the floor. You know, probably with the Celtics, probably more scoring options in my opinion. Uh, but but yeah, they've they've looked good so far. So they're going to be really dangerous. I feel like in the playoffs, Kimball Walker's coming off kind of a lingering knee injury, so they've been kind of slowly getting getting him back in with. Lesser minutes, but I think they just upped his minutes from the last game. So it seems like the progress is on the uptick. And then with uh, with Gordon Hayward, I heard that his wife is pregnant. So uh, he said that if she goes into labor, that he's leaving the bubble, which I don't blame him for. So, but uh, you know, if they if he has to do that, you know, mid playoffs or whatever, they still <laughs> have options. So uh, wasn't he in a similar situation like last year? Like his wife got pregnant, or am I thinking of somebody else? I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Shout out to Gordon Hayward. People have made it all the time. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Raptors. My word for the Raptors is buffet. Because <laughs> when you go to a buffet, Wayne, like there's there's really nothing that's incredible to eat, but it's all good, and there's a lot of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna come out full. 
And with the Raptors, I kind of feel like there's not like a main center court, like a, a, a type of food that's just like, mm, that's good right there. But it's all good. It's all mm-hmm. edible, okay? Yeah. This is a really weird analogy, sorry. You know, but I'm I'm here with it. I understand. You understand where I'm coming from. So so they got like Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet has been balling. That dude is a true. He's a pure hooper. Um, And they just got these players that just do what they need to do. Serge Ibaka down low, Marc Gasol, like they just, they've looked so good. And they're another team that's undefeated so far in the bubble, 3-0. But... They beat the Bucks the other day, too, I think it was. And I just have to say this. I hope nobody's really surprised if the Raptors end up coming out of the East instead of the Bucks. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah. they've looked good, and they've Reach proven on. that they can compete with the best of them. So um, they're just a team that they just have a bunch of really good players. They you know, I guess the one word you might have for them in the playoffs is, like, who is your go-to guy? Like, who is your bucket getter? Like, is, are you giving it to Fred Van Fleet to down three to tie up the game? Are you giving it to Pascal Siakam to make a play for himself? Like, who is your go-to guy? Um, they might say it's Siakam or Lowry or Van Fleet. I don't really know. Uh, so that's a little bit of a question mark. But I think overall, look, they're a championship team. They know how to make this thing happen. So – uh, yeah, my word for them is buffet. All righty then. So my word for the Raptors, the good old Toronto, or the can- just go Canada, you know what I'm saying? It's magical. Because that's how I'm feeling right now watching these guys go in this bubble. They just, it's a different aura. It's a different essence about them, bro. Something that, and I, okay, so hear me out. Kawhi Leonard won a championship, all the good Toronto, they feeling themselves. He dips, goes to LA, and they're like, so what do we do now? Like, what what, what are we going to do? Everybody pretty much was just like, oh, Kawhi is the only reason y'all won a championship, but, you know, all that good stuff. And then they come in this season, and then like, but we still got this dude, Pascal Siakam, who can ball. Kyle Lowry, I don't understand what is going on in his brain right now, but dude is playing out of his mind. Fred Van Fleet, out of nowhere, he was like, I can ball too. So right now, these guys are like, they're just magical right now, bro. And I can't wait. Sitting at number two, I can't wait to see them upset somebody. Like, just take Milwaukee and just throw all the plans out the window. Everybody is pretty much writing Milwaukee and, like, the Lakers into the finals. But Toronto will come in and be like, mm, are you sure about that? Are you? I don't think you have the facilities for that big mind. And they're going to come in and completely wreck shop and ruin everybody's hopes and dreams. And I'm loving it. I love to see it. They're magical right now. Magical. Magical. Yeah, if, if you think about the playoffs last year, they really were the team that kind of neutralized the Bucks and neutralized Giannis. <clears throat> you know, everybody looks at the Kawhi shot that, you know, bounced four times and went in and sent them to – I think that was just the conference finals that they went to after that. But – or what? No, that was the Sixers series. Yeah, because right. he hit that over Ben Simmons. But in, the Bucks, in the Bucks series in the next round, they were really the ones that neutralized Giannis because <clears> they <throat> built that wall in the paint that nobody was really trying, and it really set the Bucks back. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, th- they could be doing that same thing again uh, if they end up facing the Bucks, which I feel like they will sometime in the playoffs. But, you know, they just look really good. 
Fred Van Fleet is a free agent this summer, so I think that <clears throat> Toronto has to do its best job to lock him up because, look, as much as I love Kyle Lowry, I kind of feel like Van Fleet is the point guard of the future for them. You know, if you, mm-hmm. can, if you can lock up both of those dudes and, you know, put them on your uh, roster, then do it. But I, I feel like they need to, to lock up Van Fleet because somebody's going to throw some big money out at him. Because this yeah. dude has grown up like 26 and 11, like just these crazy numbers throughout the, uh, the playoffs. All right, so the last team we got is the Milwaukee Bucks. And uh, l- listen, this team looks really good. Obviously, they're super dominant. My word for them is options. I just feel like they have options they can use other than Giannis. And you saw it when they played the Rockets. They used Brooke Lopez a lot in the paint. Uh, you know, not just a big who can stretch the floor on uh, at the three-point line, but also a guy who, when Brooke Lopez was with the Brooklyn Nets for all those years, he dominated in the paint. I think sometimes we forget that. But that's another scoring option that they could have. And also Chris Middleton, I feel like you could use him on some isolation, some some post-ups, uh, just kind of in a one-on-one situation. Um, so I feel like they need to u- utilize those two guys more, Brooke, Brooke Lopez in the paint and Middleton uh, on isolations. And, you know, Eric Bledsoe is going to get his points in transition every now and then. But I think if they rely too much on Giannis this year, uh, they're going to have the same disappointing result as they did in previous years. And, uh, you know, they they lost to Brooklyn. We, we talked about that. I don't think we really need to consider that a huge deal because, listen, they're locked up in the playoffs right now. They probably didn't even care about that game. But they did lose to Houston. And, um, you know, the last possession, I don't know if you watched the ending of that game, but when Giannis was driving down the paint, and they had a chance to either take the lead or tie it. He drove right at James Harden. Uh, I think James Harden was waiting for him in the paint, or P.J. Tucker or somebody, and basically blocked off his his line of getting to the basket. Well, he's got such length. He could have really just put it, put the ball over the basket, just reached in and gave himself a chance for a, a quick layup in transition. And instead, he deferred mm-hmm. and kicked it out to, like, Wesley Matthews or something. And, um, you know, I feel like those are the kind of decisions he needs to be uh, more mindful of come playoff time when he's going to have those uh, mismatches. But all in all, this Bucks team is <laughs> obviously really great behind a, a great Bootenholzer offense. But they need to utilize other people on this team to give themselves more options when teams have a line of defense for Giannis in the paint. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, my word for the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, is coast. Just coast. And that's a good thing and a bad thing. I'm going to put it, <clears throat> I'm going to say it like this. I say coast as in right now, you can just kind of just chill off until come, you know, playoff time and turn it up, turn up the heat, turn up the intensity. But at the same time, it's a bad thing because I feel like they're coasting too, too hard. As in, like it's some in some places it looks like their game is taking a back seat to other things, and I'm like, eh, I, you know, you got time to figure it out. Playoffs ain't here yet. You got other games to go out there and figure out, you know, work out the kinks and stuff like that. But right now they can coast, 
because they're number one. They're going to they gonna be in there regardless. But don't coast too much to the point where playoff time hits and y'all haven't figured it out. And so right, right now what they're wanting, they're one and two. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, they could go like one and nine and be fine as long as they get it together when playoffs hit. Right. And right now I'm, I, I kind of see some progress and see them kind of like getting things back together. But at the same time, like, look, in some of these areas where y'all are kind of lacking, if y'all don't get that stuff going, a team can just come in and just just have a, you know, one of those right place, right moments, or what is it? Right time. Right. Anyway, you know what right the saying at, is. Right play at the right time. Yeah, right place, right time, and just come in and just upset them first round, second round. Like, it it could happen. So, I, I think they're coasting, which can be a good thing and a bad thing. And right now they're showing me both signs. Yeah, and they, they, they don't need to coast – um, with just getting players back right now. Like, they just got Eric Bledsoe back after, you know, his time of getting his uh, conditioning back up after testing positive for COVID. And they just now got uh, Pat Connaughton back. So those guys who are prominent uh, role players on their team uh, are just now getting back into the system. So you need to make sure that you that you have as many reps as possible uh, before the playoffs hit because, you know, once the playoffs hit, nobody's waiting around anymore. Mm-hmm. Let's hit the Kings. Time to time to hit the Western Conference. Let's try to roll a little bit quicker through these uh, because all right, look, there's a lot of them. Uh, in in the East, you don't yeah. only have the Wizards outside of the, the the playoff tournament out of the eight seed, but you know we have about four or five teams out here. So we'll try to get through these uh, a little bit more quickly. Uh, the Kings. I just said beating a dead horse because at this point, it's like. It's the same thing with the Kings. A year ago, they looked really exciting. Uh, we thought there was a chance they might make the playoffs. It was really high pace. It looked good. As soon as they hired Luke Walton, their pace has slowed down. Marvin Bagley is injured all the time. Like, he, he is one of those guys where it's almost expected, like, Marvin Bagley is going to be injured. And whatever game's coming up, you know he's going to be injured. And he's out for the season right now. Uh, Fox is doing it all. If Heald's not making his threes, he's not good for anything. So I kind of just, I don't know, I feel like it's the same story for uh, the Kings right now. They're 0-3 in the bubble. So, yeah, I just put beating a dead horse. And they're scheduled the rest of the way to try to make it to that ninth seed, which is to me is impossible at this point with this team. Mm-hmm. But you got the Pelicans, the Nets, the Rockets, the Pelicans again, and the Lakers. So uh, I don't give them a good chance. But, yeah, that's what I got for them. All right, for the Kings, I put dip. Dip. Because they got to dip, man. It's time to go. Same thing with the, you know, the Wizards. They got to go packing. It's time for them to take a dip in the ocean and, like, go swimming because just don't come back over here. Don't come back over this way. There's no need for you over here no more. Yeah. Go away. Just take a dip. You got too much dip on your chip right now. You're not doing nothing. Do you, All right? think, do you think they need to get rid of um, Luke Walton, even if it's just after one season? I don't feel like he's a good no. coach. He spent like three years with the Lakers and then one year with the Kings. Coming from a warrior system, everybody thought he was going to be great, but I don't really think he's a good coach. Uh, I don't think he's the greatest coach. I wouldn't fire him after one season, though. I'd give him at least another chance to see like if he can light a fire into Buddy Heald and have him be the supporting player that he can be to De'Aaron Fox. Um, but, yeah, and see if he can – I don't know, somehow help Marvin Bagley, bro. 
dude's so good. Why is he always hurt? I mean, because he's a good he's player ridiculous. when he's out there, but he's always injured. So yeah, and they could they need his production out there, man. If he can, he's not getting any you know as much reps with the team. He's not gelling with the squad. He's on sidelines yeah. or he ain't there. So he needs to be out there. I give him at least. Here's what needs to happen. He got to reach out to like Steve Kerr, somebody, and be like, "Look, bro, how did you do it? I mean, I was there for so many years, but like, how did you do it?" And just see if there's any wisdom that someone can pass down to him. Um, because he gonna need it. Yeah, but that Kings organization has kind of been a dumpster fire for some time now. So maybe it's not all Luke Walton's fault, but you know. I don't think he's a permanent solution, but I think he can kind of start the the uprising. It was just confusing to me when they got rid of um oh gosh, what's his name? Dave Yeager. Dave Yeager was a coach last mm-hmm. year and he did great with them. It was confusing when they fired him and hired Luke Walton, so that was kind of perplexing to me, but uh, yeah, let's move on. So, it is what it is. For the Suns, uh, I have this, Wayne. Trust the process. Hey, move it over. It was. Uh, we just need to move it over because we talked about it with Sixers. Um, we're going to use it for the Suns here because, to me, they are starting to look great with the pieces around them. I feel like they're finally coming together. you got guys like... DeAndre Ayton, who's really looked like a legitimate second option underneath Devin Booker. Cam Johnson, who they drafted this year, a real good uh, uh, three-point player on the, on the wing. Uh, Mikel Bridges, who's another 3-and-D guy, it just has been playing phenomenal defense uh, in the bubble. And Ricky Rubio, a, a veteran point guard, we, I feel like we kind of questioned that signing with Phoenix throwing him that money at the beginning of the season. But he's been good for them. Um, and obviously, you know, Booker had that amazing buzzer beater over Paul George the other day. Yo. That was unreal. I dude. But uh, Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're 3-0 right now. They look really good. I don't know if they have a chance to get in. But, you know, the rest of the way they have the Pacers who are playing good, the Heat who are tough out, the Thunder tough out, Sixers, Mavs. They have a really tough schedule the rest of the way, so I, I don't, I don't think for you know this bubble scenario it's going to be great for them. But just for the future, I think we hold off on all the trade Booker uh, talks and really let this team develop and truly trust the process. So uh, they've looked good. Yeah. Um, so my word for the <laughs> for the Suns is, huh? Because I literally did not expect this coming into this bubble thing. Did not expect them to be 3-0, and right? They're 3-0, and right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I had no idea they was going to come on here and be uh, – I, I just can't – I just – it just wasn't in the cards. So, I mean, for them they, to come on here is – They were kind of one of the teams that everybody was writing off. Yeah, basically. Like, why were and, you invited? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, this is why we're invited. Because we can actually win basketball games, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, my word was hung because I was like – Devin Booker over Paul. I mean, actually, there's a video <laughs> that I watched, and I feel bad for Paul George. This dude has had so many, like, buzzer beaters hit over him. Like, it's ridiculous. Dude's, the, dude's a buzzer beater man. Like, if you want to get a buzzer beater off and make it, just have Paul George guard you. What's funny, too, is in almost all the buzzer beaters, he's playing decent defense. Yeah, he's playing good defense. Like, that one over uh, uh, Devin Booker hit over him. 
hand in the face. I, it looked like he, like, almost got a piece of the ball. I'm like, dude, that's good defense. Yeah. And Devin Booker was like, I don't care, though. I've got to make this shot for the squad. Good, so, good defense, better offense. Yeah, that's, that's the same, man. When you're playing pickup basketball and swimming's a tough shot, good defense, but better offense. Yeah. So, yeah, straight up. Booker's, Booker's been balling. Um, the Spurs, your San Antonio Spurs, uh, yeah. they've been 2-2 two and two so far in the bubble. They haven't looked bad. A lot of close <laughs> games for them. Um, I put the walking dead for, for my phrase. Basically. It's almost, like, <laughs> it's almost like the Spurs can never really go away. It's like they're, you know, they have a bunch of young players, but they also have a, uh, a lot of veteran guys still. You know, they got guys that they've held on to even from the championship days with Bellinelli and Patty Mills that are still there. So I just – I put the walking dead because I was like, you just can't get rid of these guys. Um, nope. But can't be everywhere. They're finding a way to kind of – put themselves in the conversation to be in that tournament uh, e- even with having a two and two record they've you know they look interesting without Aldridge because I kind of feel like Aldridge is a ball stopper and kind of doesn't give these younger guys more of opportunities to get minutes and play like you've seen guys like Lonnie Walker get more minutes and uh, DeJounte Murray has had a more prominent role in the scoring end and the defensive end and DeRozan mm-hmm. has looked incredible. DeRozan has looked like Toronto DeRozan in these clutch moments. Uh, so, he almost hit a three. Yeah. He almost hit a three. His foot was on the line, but he almost did it. I, I watched, like, the first quarter of uh, the, uh, what was it, the Sixers-Spurs game. And, Wayne, I just have to say this. The Spurs announcer cannot get it right. <laughs> I, I, think, I think he has um, – I don't know what he has, but there was a situation in the first quarter. You know, the the Sixers have Shake Milton and they have Jason uh, – not Jason Richardson. What's Richardson? What's his first name? Uh, Josh? Josh Richardson. Yes, yes. So Josh Richardson right now has, like, blonde highlights up here. Okay? Uh-huh. Shake Milton just, you know, clean, buzz cut, black hair, all good. This Spurs announcer – Literally, Shake Milton was sitting on the sidelines, and every time something would happen with Josh Richardson, he would say, <laughs> oh, and Shake Milton again did a so-and-so, and uh, Shake Milton at the line for one, and oh, Shake Milton misses. Dude, he did that for uh, like six times, and I'm working out, actually. I'm on the treadmill. I'm like, dude, what? What is he going to resolve? <laughs> is he going to say the right name? Someone got to get an earpiece and tell him, bro. He couldn't get it right. I, I it was just blowing my mind. I was like, they pay these guys. Like honestly, put me in there, bro. Um, but yeah, the Spurs have looked good. the The rest of the way, they have the Jazz, the Pelicans, the Rockets, and the Jazz again. So uh, it'll be tough for them as well. I don't feel like any teams really have a tough uh, or an easy way to get in uh, in this bubble because there's just so many good teams. But yeah, that's what I got for the Spurs. Yeah, man, Spurs, they always find themselves in this situation. And if they somehow make the playoffs, they will then have the record for the most consecutive playoff appearances with 23. Right now it's tied. They're tied at 22. So if we make the playoffs, we got 23. That's really – I only want them to make the playoffs just so I can get the record and then just leave first round. Just bye. But um, my word for the Spurs is grit. Um, Shout out Parallel High School. 
for showing me what grit means. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but uh, did I you put just, grit. Did you really just get parallel in high school? Shout out. Come on. I did. I, I take it back. I'm taking back my statement. Forget all that. Forget I said that. Edit it out. Just kidding. <clears throat> but I, I say grit. I've watched a few games, um, and I'm not, like, super impressed. I mean, first of all, I'm just super critical of my team because I know they can do better. I've seen individually these young guys playing in their own capacity elsewhere, and I'm like, I know these guys can ball. Like, I know it. Lonnie Walker, he's – dude is a – I don't even know how to describe Lonnie Walker. Man is just everything. Rockets um, will never forget Lonnie Walker. Yeah, don't ever forget. Don't you – even if you start to forget, I'm going to remind you. Just come, that, just come find me. That was literally his, the best game of his career so far. Yeah, it really was. And they just were having a big against y'all. So uh, thanks, yep. Lonnie. Yep. Appreciate, Appreciate it. That. Um, but, uh, yeah, they just got to have grit. Like, they already have some of that grit. You see it from, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, why am I drawing a blank right now? I'm looking at his face. Um, ah, I'm drawing a huge blank. Not DeJounte, not Bryn Forbes, not Lonnie. Oh, um, uh, the dude. Eric White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek no, White. He's good. Dude is going off, man. And I, I like the, what's his name? Uh, ha Ha Davis. I ain't never, ever, ever seen you act like this. Man, got to the bubble and said, oh, wait, I can, I can play basketball? Oh, psych, I'm in here. So he's been going off. Um, DeMar DeRozan, he started off, he struggled, and I think he's still struggling. But uh, just grit, man. These guys got to have grit to get these games because we already know that Pop is going to coach the lights out for any team that they play against. All they got to do is just buckle down and just have that determination to be like, look, whatever whatever has to happen, we got to get it done. Yeah. And so these young guys coming in, trying to play together, I feel it. I feel the energy. Just got to have that grit and that passion. Because right now we're just, you know, just out there just playing basic basketball, which is usual. But we got to just have that passion to win. So. Yeah. Great. This is all without Marco Oops. Bellinelli. This is all without Marco Bellinelli, Lamarcus Aldridge, and I, I don't think Bryn Forbes is in there right now either. And Bryn Forbes was no huge part uh, of their offense uh, during the regular season. So um, th- I think they're surprising a lot of people given all the the players that are missing. Uh, the Pelicans. I put you are the reason. <laughs> uh, one and two record so far. The reason I put you are the reason is. The whole reason we're even considering a play-in tournament or inviting teams that are outside of the eighth seed is because of Zion Williamson. It's because they want to give him a chance to uh, get some better ratings for the playoffs to potentially have a first-round matchup with LeBron James. And Mm -hmm. I, I say it sarcastically. I say you are the reason because they've been putting Zion on a minutes restriction, and I don't even understand why. Because he's... As far as we know, there's no lingering injuries or anything that's happening. He's gotten a lot of burn, you know, I think 19 games or so before the season ended. So I don't really understand why they did that. The first two games they did it and, you know, resulted in losses. And the last game they played, they finally, I don't know if they gave him more minutes, but they played him more down the stretch rather than playing him at the beginning of quarters. And uh, and he shot like 23 times. He was really aggressive. And uh, I think he really galvanizes that team and gives them a, a boost of energy. So I put, you are the reason. So please, 
coach, GM, whoever's making the, the, the call to give him a men's restriction, just throw it out because pe- the people want to see him. So make it happen. Then yeah. the rest of the way, you already mentioned it. Uh, Lonzo can't find a stroke right now, but I, I don't know if that's the biggest concern. The rest of the way, they probably have the easiest schedule out of those guys who are trying to get in to do that play-in tournament. They have the Kings, Wizards, Spurs, Kings, Magic. To me, that is the yeah. for easiest schedule to get in. So uh, they got to make the most of it and see what happens. Yeah, um, my word. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever seen the movie The Other Guys? Yes, love The Other Guys. So my word is Peacock, man. Because you got to <laughs> let him fly, bro. You got to let Zion fly, man. You're holding him back. I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. Like, just let him go out on the court, take the minutes restriction off, and just let him – and the other word I put for for the Pelicans is help because they need Zion's help. Let him help. Don't don't restrict this man. Don't, you know, put him back in his – like, don't do that to him. Let the man go. The man, he just wants to hoop. He wants to go out there and bully grown men and collect his check and go sit down. Let him do that. Don't tell him he got to sit down. He'll sit down when he's ready. Word. Come on now. Let him, he's a peacock, bro. You got to let him fly. Let's see it. Uh, Portland. Uh, they've looked great 2-1 and one since being in the bubble. I put this, and this is an Anchorman quote. So if you haven't seen Anchorman, you need to go watch it. But I put, team, assemble. Because uh, <laughs> they've, they've, got, they've got all their pieces back. Zach Collins is back out there. Yusuf Nurkic is back. Uh, Trevor Reza wasn't one of the guys who came in uh, to the bubble, and I thought that was kind of going to be a bigger hit for them. But Gary Trent Jr., who's coming off the bench for them, has looked on. I mean, the dude is knocking down threes. He's playing really good defense. He's got a little bit of sass and attitude as well. Like, I was watching him versus the Rockets, and he would make a shot, and he'd look at the defender like, I don't even know what he was saying, but he was like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, do something. Like, he's got attitude. I was okay. Like, okay. Uh, I like it. So, yeah, with this Portland team uh, being back together, to me, they have the best shot at, you know, holding uh, the Grizzlies off. And they got the Nuggets, the Clippers, Sixers, Mavs, Nets for the rest of the way. So, still a pretty hard schedule, but I think they can make it happen. They can compete with the best of them because – uh, behind McCollum and Lillard, they got a bunch of really good pieces behind them. And, and Carmelo is really finding his stride just being a guy who can make a bucket down the stretch. Like, we don't need him yeah. to score 20 points every game, but he's kind of finding his role just knowing his spot on the floor in a close game. You saw it versus the Rockets. I mean, uh, they kicked it out to him kind of at the top of the key on the three, and he mm-hmm. he took that thing home and, you know, really looks like, I wouldn't say looks like the best player of the game, but because of that play, you know, people are remembering Melo from that game. So uh, he's a good guy to have just kind of in your back pocket. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, He's a good guy to have in your back pocket, you know, when the game comes down to the line if if McCollum or Lillard can't find a bucket. So for Portland, I got team, assemble. All right. For Portland, for me, I got – I got low key because right now the Blazers are keeping it low key right now. You know, they, you know, every year they're always in that consideration to kind of like, you know, get in the playoffs and make, make a little bit of noise, shake things around a little bit. And right now they've been given a second chance. 
Okay, they've been given a second chance at life. All they got to do is get past Memphis, and they're in there. Yeah. So right now, they're keeping it low-key because we already know playoff Damian Lillard is different. It doesn't matter what seed the Blazers are. If he's in the playoffs, it's going to be a whole different vibe. If you thought he was hitting five threes a game, five threes a game going into the playoffs, he's going to hit ten threes a game in LeBron's face for no reason other than to just win, bro. Yeah. So I'm going in low-key because right now they're just going to creep in the playoffs and just be like, oh, we here. Oh, who we playing first? The Lakers? Light work. Don't be we surprised. Gonna handle the light work. Don't be surprised if Portland is uh, a team that ends up spoiling the Lakers' playoff chances. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't be too surprised. But you're right. Uh, Dame is a different kind of animal when it comes to the playoffs. So that team is dangerous. I'd be scared to face them right now. When you see them start doing this, it's over. <laughs> it's over. It's over. Just go ahead and get on the bench. All right, Grizzlies. Uh, the word I got for them is confirmed. Because it's confirmed that I don't want to see them in the eighth spot. I kind of, I kind of already didn't want to, see them, uh, you know, even when they were all healthy. But uh, Triple J, Jared Jackson Jr., who was really like their best player over these past, you know, the first three games, tore his meniscus, mm-hmm. so he's out for the rest of the season. So that's yeah. confirmed for me. I don't want to see them facing the Lakers. Like, of course, that's going to be a blowout. Uh, Jaw hasn't looked amazing. They've gone 0-4 since entering the bubble. They're missing Tyus Jones. I feel like it would be a lot better if Justice Winslow was available for them. Uh, honestly, probably to take up a lot more of Kyle Anderson's minutes because, I, Yo. I think, you know, Mr. <laughs> Slow-Mo, I don't think he's working for the for the Grizzlies right now. But the rest of the way, they have the Thunder, Raptors, Celtics, and Bucks. Uh, so it's going to be tough for them. They could even drop out of the eight seed, Wayne. Uh, with the type of schedule they have. So uh, it's unfortunate for the Grizzlies, but I don't think they need to be super disappointed of, of you know, the way anything turns out this year because they've really defied a lot of the uh, expectations that were given on them before the season even started. So they have, they've had an incredible year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the word I put for the Grizzlies is yikes. Like straight up yikes, bro. Yeah. I didn't – oh, man. I mean, yeah, injuries happen. You just got to take them and move on. But, like, I didn't expect oh, and 4 Like, goodness. So, they're probably going to fall out the eighth seed, giving teams like the Blazers and the Spurs, who are, like, right there, a chance to kind of sneak in and battle for the um, for a playoff spot. But it just sucks, man, because I, I love John Morant, and he's, like, just so electrifying. And it's just, like – one hit after the other. Like, you get to the bubble, and he was one of the guys who was just like, look, I don't care what they feeding us. I don't care. I just want to hoop, man. I just want to go out here and, you know, get my team a chance to make it to the playoffs and hopefully get a championship. Hopefully. Um, and I don't know. It just seems like they're just not – they're just not, you know, they're not all there. So, it just sucks, man. I feel real bad for John Moran, but at the same time, I'm with you, bro. I don't want to see him in the playoffs, man. I don't. Because it's just going to – it's wax. I wouldn't want to either. Um, so, since we kind of made it to the eighth spot, let's go ahead and give our prediction, though, for who we think is going to end up, you know, ultimately, ultimately being able to take the eighth spot. Uh, out of 
kind of all the teams okay. so far in the West. Who do you think is going to be the one to make it? The Blazers. I'm with you. I don't think the Blazers are going to make it. There's no way. The Spurs maybe, um, but I feel like Portland is way too dangerous, and they have so many options. Uh, that's going to be a fun first yeah. round to watch if they end up facing the Lakers. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we'll we'll see how it ends up shaking out. Yes, sir. Right. Let's run rapid fire right here. We got uh, we got the rest of the. I think it's like seven to one for the West. Here we go. Uh, the Mavericks. I put almost because they have gone one and two uh, so far in the bubble, and they just can't seem to figure out how to close out close games. They finally did it a couple days ago versus the Kings, but you know it, there's some stat out there that says you know when the, the when the Mavs are within this amount of points under this amount of minutes in the fourth, they're like oh and something. Uh, I'll need a fact check on what the actual stat is. But, yeah, I put almost because they, they're, they like, almost there to get victories and they just can't seem to squeeze them out. Uh, Luka has looked incredible. He, I think he had, like, a 20-rebound game the last game he had, which is just unreal uh, for, for a point guard. Uh, and they're missing Dwight Powell and Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson being their backup point guard. So I think that's kind of a, a missing piece for them. But, you know, uh, Luca and Kristaps have looked really good together. I, I feel like they're finally clicking as a duo, uh, not mm-hmm. just you know one guy having a good night and another guy having a good night. So uh, hopefully they can pull it together more down the stretch when it really comes down to the line. Because that Rockets game where they I think it was the first game of the bubble when they faced the Rockets, it was like one fifty three to one forty nine. I mean that was a it was a no defense all offense kind of yeah. game. But the Mavs had that in the bag, and they just gave it up. Um, so they, they really got to look at that before they enter the playoffs to figure out how to um, lock up teams and be able to find more scoring <laughs> options other than Luka down the stretch. So that's what I got for the Mavericks. All right, for the Mavs, for the Mavs, I got sleep. And kind of like how I did with the Bucks, where it was like the, the Bucks were coasting, but it had two meanings. The Mavs got two meanings with the sleep. Because number one, I feel like, they could be a team that could really upset somebody come playoff time if they figure it out. But the thing is, they ain't figured it out. That's why they sleep. So they are asleep, but they're getting slept on. And for them, <laughs> don't make me laugh. I'm trying to explain something right now. Okay, chill out. <laughs> Luka Doncic is like that dude. Like, it doesn't, I don't, Luka Doncic is that dude. Chris has Porzingis is like his, you know, partner in crime kind of guy. So whenever they're on, which, I mean, so far it's been, you know, they've been, you, you see some glimpses. Uh, they're just going to be the ones who take this team to a whole new level. But the thing is, they have to then get the whole team to not catch up to them, because I don't think the whole team's going to play up to their level, play up to their um, skill level or whatever. But they have to get their team to play up to their full potential, whatever capacity that is. Even Boban, man. Boban got to go out there and snatch rebounds from seven-foot people and just turn his hand over and put it right back in the hoop. Just have him do that ten times. That's a 20-piece. That's a you know what I'm saying? So, like, they just got to get the whole team around them, too, because, like, they'll go out there and they'll produce, but they got to get everyone around them to be like, hey, bro, like, let's, let's get this thing going. That's how they're going to close out those closed games where they're like, you know, whatever the stat was. 
but how you close up those close games is you get everybody on a, a whole different like a whole different gear and just get it going. So they sleep, but they also getting slept on. So there it is. Yeah, that was incredible. I had to think about that one for a sec. I'm philosophical out here, man. You gotta you gotta use your brain a little bit. The OKC Thunder. I have um, fake ID. <laughs> okay, okay, good. You know, when you have a fake ID, you, you're not really allowed in the place, but somehow you get in, right? Uh, I kind of feel like that's the case for the OKC Thunder. Like, before the season started, you wouldn't look at Chris Paul, Steven Adams, uh, Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> you're still laughing. Because <laughs> it's so good. Like, that's a good – that's good. Uh, but it, uh. you look at – you looked at their whole roster. You're like, there's no way they're going to be in. I think they're in the fourth seed right now. There was no way you thought, you know, this team would be in. So I kind of feel like uh, somehow they snuck in, but they're not supposed to be in there. But you talk about sleeping on teams. You talk about the Mavs. To me, this is the real team that's being slept on right now. Uh, because I see that. beat the Lakers last night by like 20 points. And yeah. this is all of this without Schroeder, uh, who is with his wife, who just had her baby. So uh, congrats to him. And then Adam, Stephen Adams dominates other bigs. Like I feel like he kind of neutralized Anthony Davis last night uh, and had himself a great game on the offensive end. So this is really, to me, the team that is being slept on because – you know, uh, they've they've beaten some really good teams, and any offense that is being controlled by Chris Paul is a team that I trust. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they are gonna, man. Like, I would hate to face them in the first round. I would hate for my Rockets to face them in the first round, which at this point they would. Um, any team should be scared to face uh, the the this Thunder team. But you know, the Mavs. You talked about them potentially upsetting someone. They would probably face the Clippers in the first round. That would be an easy bounce for the Clippers. Uh, with this Thunder team, they really have a good chance against anybody right now with the way their team's constructed. So give Billy Donovan a lot of credit, too. But, yeah, I got fake IDs for this one. Fake IDs, man. That's a good one. Um, for me, I put gel, like hair gel. Now, I personally don't use hair gel, so I don't know what that experience is like. I do. But – and I see what it does for you, Drew. I see what it does. It holds everything together. And I feel like that's what they got going on right now. They are literally holding each other together, keeping each other accountable, and going out there and playing as a unit, like a whole unit, man. And I, I love to see it. Chris Paul, in my opinion, is like one of the best point guards, period, as oh, far as how he's able to like, facilitate an offense. And just, even at his age, just go out there and just be able to do different stuff. But the dude's got the ball on the string, man. He can make you do whatever he wants you to do, and then he'll score on you. And you're just like, I didn't even see what happened. So I got gel, man. They just gel. How are you doing this at 35 years old? Yeah, bro, like, what the heck? Go play in the men's rec league. Get out of here. <laughs> go, go, go play in the, uh, what, the big three. Yeah, go, go play with Ice Cube in the big three, bro. All right, uh, let's go with the Rockets. I have perplexed on this one because I'm perplexed at how you get out-rebounded by 30 and still win the game. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. Out-rebounded by 30. For the the Thunder, they're 2-1 in the bubble. But um, the Rockets are also 2-1. 
But yeah, I, they've gotten out-rebounded in each of these games, but somehow they squeezed out two wins. Um, Wayne, I don't think this is going to work in the playoffs, but, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> they are really pesky on defense when it comes down mm-hmm. to crunch time. Like, they lack size, but they don't lack aggression uh, when it comes to, like, the loose balls and getting their hands in there. Um, and then I feel like they're okay with being able to give up post-ups. Like, they know they're undersized, but they'll let Yusuf Nurkic go to work, and they'll let Hassan Whiteside go to work or whoever it may be uh, because I think they know that that kind of gets offenses out of rhythm. Because, and they know that a two is better than a three. And so I think they're more willing to give up those post-ups and just let it happen because then you're getting the rest of the team kind of out of rhythm. And uh, so maybe that'll work for them or not, but I'm, I don't know. I'm just kind of confused or perplexed at how you get out-rebounded by 30 and still win the game. So uh, they're doing it, and uh, I'm repping today. If you're on YouTube, you can see hey. my Rockets jersey. Good old Olajuwon. They keep <laughs> right now. Um, but, yeah, that's what I got for the Houston Rockets. All right, so for me, for them, for them Rocket boys, I got paper. Because right now they look good on paper. You know, other than getting out-rebounded by 30 points. I mean, by 30 rebounds. Like, that's – we ain't, ain't going to talk about that. Uncalled. Yeah. Um, the Rockets, they look good on paper. You got James Harden, who is, in my opinion, the most unguardable player in the league. Like, you just you don't even worry about it. If you got a man up against James Harden, just know you're getting cooked. There's nothing you can do about it. It's already been set in stone. I'm sorry. Um, you got Russell Westbrook, who is one of the most aggressive point guards to ever touch the floor. You got – and now you got all these role players, like even P.J. Tucker. As much as I am so iffy about that dude, if you leave him open in the corner, it's splashed out. Like, I, there's nothing you can do about that. So – on paper, like the Rockets look so solid, even without a big man, they just look like, hey, these guys can go out here and get it and ball. But I don't know how well that's going to translate whenever it comes crunch time, and you actually have to play teams who know how to work the paint and know how to use that to their advantage. Like you said, uh, they you know let them work the paint because it gets everybody else out of rhythm. They're gonna run into a team that's like, shoot, we don't care, let us work the paint. Our big gonna have fifty points, then somebody else out there gonna have thirty-five points, and then somebody else gonna have twenty-five points, and you just gotta you gotta deal with it. So it looks good for a little bit, looks good on paper, but when it comes crunch time, I don't think they got I don't think they got the facilities for that big man. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's what it is. All I know is they're probably gonna give some big man out there a good contract uh, because they're gonna face the Rockets <laughs> in the first round because he's gonna look dominant. When he's not actually dominant, he's just mm-hmm. going to be facing people that are much shorter than him. So congrats to whoever that big is. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be like Hassan Whiteside. <laughs> um, let's go to the Jazz. Uh, the Jazz, I put rags to riches. Because hey. and Donovan Mitchell were basically the ones that ended the season, or at least they were the ones that kind of tipped the jar over. Uh, you know, there could have been multiple guys yeah. that have had had COVID at that point, and but it just happened to be that Gobert and Mitchell were the first ones that were reported. So that was kind of a downtime. And to start the season, they were the first game back versus the Pelicans. And Mitchell and Gobert, they looked really good together. And Rudy Gobert ended up sealing the game with some free throws. And so to me, this was a clutch free throws, man. This was a big rags to riches moment. Um, so they have a two and two record in the bubble. They are 
I don't know. They, they're missing Bogdanovich, who was like a 20-point scorer for them. And he's out for the rest of the mm-hmm. season with wrist surgery. So they're really going to need uh, Jordan Clarkson scoring off the bench as much as possible to make up for, uh, for, for Bogey's absence. And then I feel like Rudy Gobert is starting to kind of develop more into a distributor as a big man, which is something that they could use. Uh, but I will say this, Wayne. Like, I don't know how much Donovan Mitchell is developing. Like, I feel like Donovan Mitchell is the same Donovan Mitchell from three years ago when he was first drafted. Like, he's gotten a name yeah. for himself. Like, he's an all-star now. But I don't know how much more he's added to his game. Like, it's a lot of the same stuff that I've expected. So, this offseason, I'm looking for him to maybe – uh, look at his game a little bit deeper because at some point you can't really rely on your athleticism and and his shooting is streaky. So uh, yeah, the Jazz are gonna they're they're gonna be a little bit more hobbled without uh, Bogdanovich in there because he was a big part of their offense. But uh, with the Jazz, you always have a fighting chance, and they're gonna be a tough out for any team because they're just scrappy. Yeah. Um, for me, the Jazz, I put aggressive. I put aggressive, and I'm seeing a shift in their game. I watched the the Pelicans game, the very first game. I'm seeing, like, a shift in their game, or at least, like, in their basketball IQ, I guess, as a whole. Um, like, when they noticed, hey, the shot's not working, we got to attack, attack, attack. And so one thing that I liked that they did was it was screens getting the paint, screens getting the paint. Donovan Mitchell just going out there, doing something, working a mid-range shot, doing something like that. Um, and so they were able to notice, I guess, a little better when certain things weren't working and like adjust and get things right. So I like, I like their aggression. I like where they're going, where they're headed. Do I think they're going to do anything other than that? Probably not, but I like their, their way of thinking, I guess, like their IQ, their basketball IQ is getting a lot better and it's turning them into some guys who are really smart and know, you know, the game a little bit better. So aggressive. I like it. I like it. Cool. Uh, the Nuggets, I put hobbled for them because they just have a bunch of injuries right now. Uh, Gary Harris is out. Jamal Murray's out. Will Barton is out. They got a two and one record, so they've managed pretty well. But I think that's because, like we mentioned earlier, uh, Michael Porter Jr. has been balling out. He had a 37 and 10 game, he had a 30 and 15 game. So. When, when those guys do come back, Jamal Murray, Will Barton, and Gary Harris, they got to find a way to keep uh, MPJ locked into the game and somehow find a way to, for him to be another scoring option because that could be if, – if you're getting that with him, they could really be a team that you got to throw in there with those Clippers, Lakers, Bucks as potential, you know, win the chip. So mm-hmm. I, the word I put was hobbled because they're really injured right now, but they've looked promising even – considering all the injuries. Yeah, the words the words I put for them was barbecue chicken. Barbecue chicken alert. That man, okay, let me just say this. I, I watched the highlights from the Nuggets Spurs game. And I don't know about you, but when there's like a, a almost seven foot is, is Jokic seven foot? Is he seven footer? I think so, yeah. When there's a seven foot man who can literally catch a ball at the three-point line, turn around and have another like six, like tall guy, six foot, seven foot guy in his face, and just be like, 
I can make this shot and pull it and nothing but net it. Dude, that's barbecue chicken, bro. That's too easy, man. It doesn't matter. Like, they have these moments where it's just whatever they're doing on the court is just way too easy for them. And, they like, the whole game is just barbecue chicken for them right now. So yeah. that's what I'm liking, man. I'm liking it. They just got the whole – every time they step on the court, it's Shaq, barbecue chicken alert. The whole game. Everything is easy. I love it. You're making me hungry. It's almost lunchtime. Go get some barbecue chicken. Uh, Clippers, I put rated R because when, P- when PG-13, when he's on, he's not just PG-13 anymore. He's rated R. He's and rated that, R, yeah. That team is rated R when Paul George is on. Not just Kawhi, but Paul George too. Those first two games, that dude, even though they lost in that first game to the Lakers, he was money from deep. Uh, and they don't even have a football squad yet. They got, they're still waiting on Montrez Harrell to come off uh, his quarantine period. But yeah, they look, they look good. I'm not worried about the Clippers. Kind of like the Bucks in this regular season time. Like, if they go one and nine, like it doesn't even matter. Like it's playoff time for them. But if Paul George can find his stroke during the playoffs, like it's a wrap. It's it's Clippers for me. Okay. Um, the word I put for the Clippers is uh oh. Uh oh, just a little bit. Not nothing, not anything too serious, but they kinda and I, I guess this is because Montrez is out, Lou Will is out. So they kinda still trying to figure out things without you know, having having to play without them. But I don't know. Something about these Clippers, man, like yeah, they're playing well ish, but I don't know, something seems a little bit off. I don't, and I don't know what it is. I guess I'll just have to keep watching to figure it out. But I don't, something just seems a little bit off. Like I said, it could be because of um, Lou Will and Montrez out. But hopefully when they come back and they're able to just play, that things will start to change around for them a little bit. But right now I got them at a little uh-oh. Just a little uh-oh. Not a big uh-oh, but just like a little, little minor uh-oh. I think it's because, you know, at this point, they don't really care about the regular season. And honestly, I don't even know if any team really cares about home court advantage because there's, like we talked about, there's really no home court advantage. Um, yeah. So I think they are kind of like we talked about with the Bucks, kind of just coasting. And, uh, you know, when playoffs hit, I'm sure we'll see more energy from them and more enthusiasm uh, when when that time actually comes. And lastly, we have the, believe it. the Los Angeles Lakers. And mm-hmm. for this team – Here's the crown. Because to me, Davis is the go-to option, and it's not even a question anymore for me. Uh, they're two and two. Yeah. You know, LeBron, I think, is starting to actually look like his age. Like, he's still amazing, don't get me wrong. But I think – I hate to say this because he's going to start going off now. Uh, but – I feel like he's kind of at a point where he is deferring to AD, and he's saying, like, look, go out there and give me a bucket. You're the one that needs to do what you need to do. Uh, and Davis mm-hmm. is great besides last night versus the Thunder. But so, yeah, in the playoffs, I feel like Davis is going to be the guy. Maybe I'll be wrong about that because LeBron is LeBron. But, you know, to me, there is a huge – this is a concern for me for the Lakers – there is a huge drop-off after LeBron and Davis on their roster. And Avery Bradley did not come to the bubble. He was one of their best 
perimeter defenders and a decent three-point shooter or playmaker. Rondo's hurt probably until the playoffs first or second round. There's a huge drop-off for that roster after LeBron and Davis. I mean, you could argue Kyle Kuzma is, you know, pretty good. But it's like Kyle Kuzma, uh, JaVale McGee, Deion Waiters, J.R. Smith. They got like the ultimate meme team, by the way. I don't know what that what that's about. Alex yeah. Caruso, uh, Quinn Cook, Contavious mm-hmm. Caldwell-Pope. Like, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in their team, like beyond those two guys. And I don't know if that's going to last in the playoffs. And quite frankly, they just don't have shooters around them. Like, they don't have anybody that can really shoot the ball that well. Like, even LeBron and Davis, like, those are guys who are going to dominate inside for the most part. But their roster, I look, they got they locked up the one seed. That's great. But I just don't have a lot of faith in uh, them in the playoffs. And, and, again, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe LeBron will turn into, you know, 20, I don't know, 2018 Cavs LeBron where he was just going off. But – uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I just kind of – I don't have a lot of faith in them. Yeah, so that kind of leads into my word, I, I guess, a little bit. Because my word for the Lakers is believe. They got to believe that they can do this, man. They came into the season with high expectations. They're sitting at number one in the West. So those ex- expectations are still there. They didn't go anywhere. They are right now – fulfilling what we expected from them from the jump with the exception of like the Clippers being like right there. Um, So they're doing what we knew they could do. And right now, even though it seems like they're struggling, it seems like things ain't going their way. They got to believe in the fact that they're there for a reason, man. I know it feels like I'm giving them a pep talk right now. So, Hey, LeBron, if you're watching this, bro, Reverend Wayne, Hey, come scoop. Yeah. Come scoop, bro. I want to be on the bubble with y'all. I can be your Reverend. I'll preach y'all before and after every game, get y'all motivated anyway. But, like, they just got to believe in themselves, bro. They got to get out there. They are there literally for a reason, bro. You got AD. You got LeBron James. You got Kyle Kuzma, Caruso, Danny Green, who can be on whenever he wants to be. And whenever he's on, he'll give you, like, that first game of the season um, when he hit, like, how many threes? Was it nine? Yeah. It was a lesson, man. I don't know. Do hit a bunch of threes in the very yeah, first game of the season. He's like he's been he, we know he can do it. He's but we know we know he can do it. Yeah, hopefully he can find a stroke because he's he's got to be one of those guys who, you know, he's one of the few shooters on their team. Like if he's not on, like they're gonna be scrapping for something. Yeah, and so like even when he was with the Spurs, like he was our guy. Come down in transition. Don't even run to the paint, Danny. Go to the three point line and just wait for the ball. Okay. And so if he can get on, if everybody can just buy in to the fact that, you know, you know this is their time. They ain't no time with the present. And you're already in a prime spot to make all the noise you want. So why not use this and get out there and get buckets, okay? Get buckets. Fire right now. Come on. Yeah. Cool. Believe, bro. Believe. I like it. Well, uh, you make me feel more confident about the Lakers. I, w- I felt like a downer. And then you started talking. I was like, man, I feel like I should believe in that for my life. Like, come on. Uh, if you open your Bible, the second. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, that, that's going to be a wrap for today's episode. We know it was a, a longer one. Uh, what we will probably do is break these two conferences up, actually, Wayne. 
but yeah. we appreciate you guys tuning in for, for this episode of the 3MD Podcast. Again, don't forget to uh, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, but you can also listen to us on Spotify or anywhere else that's streaming. And then also, this is going to be the first episode on YouTube, so make sure you check us out on there. Wayne, any words of, adv- words of advice to sign people out? I mean, you kind of already gave us words of advice with that whole spiel about the Lakers at the end, but maybe it's something it else. Hey, man, for now, just go ahead and hit that like button. Comment something. If you, if you like the way we did something, hey, drop it below. If you didn't like it, I don't care. Drop it below, but just don't hit that dislike button because, like, that, that don't hurt. But anyway, smash the like button. Uh, subscribe. Put those post notices on so you know whenever we're dropping videos on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I got for you, bro. That's the wise words coming from me. Peace, y'all.